This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Move to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep that change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting right there across the virtual table from me is a guy that you can call Marvel, but Marvel sounds better. John Irons. How's it going? They actually totally took my joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, yes, it is pronounced John Irons, even though John Irons might sound better. <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny. It still works. And our friend coming to you on loan from the Infinite Diversity Podcast Network, we have Rick. How's it going, sir? Oh, he's a cute little podcaster. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that right there. And Rick has brought, has brought along a guest. Rick, why don't you introduce our, our guest tonight? Joining us tonight uh, to round out the, the, the uh, table, the Metaphysical, metaphorical table. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> you may remember her from a long time ago, the Devil and Miss Mindy podcast. Uh, but if not, she's just a totally awesome person. Mindy, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. Is the Devil and Miss Mindy a show that's not in production anymore? Probably been five, six years. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe longer than that. I can't math. All right. <laughs> It, it was a fun show about about horror movies that was uh, that was all too brief but still wonderful. Tonight is going to be a review show. We're going to talk about a couple of things that we've been watching. Mainly, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. But before we get into it, we're going to do something we actually haven't done in a while. We're going to play a little game to break the ice. And the game that we're going to play is Sleep in a Bucket. It is a <laughs> I don't think Rick has ever played this before. I don't think he's been no. on the show when we, when we played before. And Rick doesn't Rick doesn't listen to the show when he's not here. So. <laughs> so. Not true. I don't listen to the show when I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a fun version of uh, Would You Rather with some really weird uh, things to ask if you would rather do this or that. And uh, it's a card game that I picked up at a store a while back. We played two or three times and had a good time. So we'll just... We'll do a few of these for the first uh, 10 minutes or so of the show, and then we'll get into our Captain Marvel review. So, uh, I pulled I, two. I was expecting it to somehow tie into Deep Space Nine. No. <laughs> Sleeping Okay. Odo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pulled two cards from the deck, and you, and I ask you guys if you would rather do the first one or the second one. So, would you rather, uh, dig a hole to the Earth's upper mantle, which is, plus or minus 21 miles, or would you uh, want to run a small business but all your employees are talking swans? Small business? <laughs> are you kidding me? 
That's a billion dollar business right there. That's talking <laughs> swans. Talking swans, yeah. <laughs> I work for Feed. And That's talk. Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah, I would. I would sell uh, tickets to come see the talking swans. Yeah. I think. Have, I mean, have you ever That's like hung out with swans? No, I've been around no. a few geese, and they're... swans are worse. Okay. Swans are bigger assholes than geeks. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll dig a hole. Oh, 21 <laughs> miles, 21 miles down. I'm um, curious what it's like down there. And they very, didn't say how you had to dig it. I assume you can use equipment. Yeah, it doesn't say a spoon or anything like that. So <laughs> you have to use a uh, baby food spoon. What about you, Mandy? Which one would you want to do? Oh, I don't like to do anything for 21 miles. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see swan. All right. Yeah, I've, been, I've never been around a swan other than at the zoo, but... There are some geese around uh, the place where I work, and they don't—I don't know—they they hiss at you and stuff. If, you, if they you, don't play well with others, yeah. And if you if you throw food to them, then they get mad when you don't throw mo- more food. So we have a, a park that I take Sharon to, and there are lots of birds that hang out at the park. There's there you know seagulls, which are everywhere down here, and white ibises, which I love, although they make this really gross piggy grunting noise, um, and ducks and geese. And when Sharon was littler, uh, well, she still likes to chase the birds, but I don't let her, um, except for the seagulls. Seagulls deserve anything they get. Um, but she would try to, you know, chase the birds, and I would stop her. And then one time she started to go after the geese. I was like, look out, honey. They'll chase you back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Second one. Uh, would you rather have plastic surgeons in training use you to practice their operations or have Pitbull wrapped to you every night until you fall asleep. <laughs> now, you know why Pitbull... Would I rather be mutilated or hear bad music? I'd rather hear bad music. <laughs> well, you know why You know why Pitbull uh, says his name at the beginning of every song, right? So that you know when to change the station. <laughs> Would it surprise any of you to know that I have never in my life heard a Pitbull song? <laughs> <sighs> no, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> but when you uh, when you have teenagers in the house, you can't keep from hearing a pitbull song every now and then. Yeah, well, my eldest is into anime music and K-pop, which I don't mind too much. And Sharon is still kind of at the, you know, uh, what's the kids' bop? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we went through that too. Um, Mindy, are you a big pitbull fan? Oh. No, I know Pitbull <laughs> because I work at a college. That is about my knowledge of Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still think I'd rather take that than plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I will say I, I work at a college too, but I work in a college theater department. So while I've never seen Hamilton, I'm so bleeding sick of that show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. Would you rather be an Ewok trying to make it in the NBA or Nicolas Cage is desperately searching for the U.S. Constitution, but it is in your butt? (laughs) I want to know how much weed went into making this game. (laughs) I want to know how the Constitution got in my butt. Like... (laughs) There's a whole backstory. There's a whole backstory. We won't get into it. No backdoor story. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Look. If I'm, how close is Nicholas Cage to finding me? Like, can I can I just remove it myself and just give it to him? 
Because I would want to remove it anyway. <laughs> like, like even even if Nicolas Cage wasn't a part of this scenario, I would still want to get it out. So <laughs> it's a win-win for me. Maybe you don't know it's there until he shows up. I don't know. Then I then I have a list of problems. <laughs> <laughs> the least of which is Nicolas Cage fisting you for the document. I think uh, being an equal an Ewalk trying to make it in the NBA would be very popular. I think I would do that. Yeah, you get all sorts of endorsements. Yeah, you might not make it because you can't, you know, you don't have a good jump shot or whatever, but you're an Ewok. <laughs> um, okay, this will be the last one. Okay, um, would you rather share a studio apartment with a horny moose or live in the Grand Theft Auto world as an innocent citizen? I think the moose. <laughs> I presume he or she wouldn't be that interested in me because <laughs> you're not a moose. I'm not a moose. You're gonna, yeah. You would hope he wouldn't be interested. Mm. I mean, I could just set up some, you know, realistic decoys <laughs> in the living room. No or... means no moose. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's like, I'm not even gonna answer that. No doesn't mean anything. You know, whatever. I've never played Grand Theft Auto, nor have I been around a horny moose, so I really have no basis to make a a decision. You don't want to be an innocent citizen in uh, Grand Theft Auto because people get cool weapons and they try them out on the innocent citizens. So, hey, I got a new (laughs) flamethrower. All right, let's move into our uh, Captain Marvel review. This episode contains major spoilers for Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. If you don't want to be spoiled, then skip this podcast and come back again next week. So, um, alright, let's go around the table and just get a overall opinion of uh, what everybody thought of this movie before we kind of go into some of the, the ins and outs. So, Mindy, why don't we start with you since you're our guest tonight? Sure. Okay, so I will admit, um, my knowledge of Captain Marvel pre this movie comes from my husband, who is a very, very avid comic book fan. Um, and I was not familiar with her other than knowing that there were like five different Captain Marvels, possibly more, um, but I went into the movie and I would have to say that it's probably one of my favorite contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a lot of fun. I like that we didn't spend the first quarter to third of the movie with origin story like we usually do and instead got right to the heart of what was going on and it was a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Rick, what about you? Uh, very much the same. I knew practically nothing about Captain Marvel or Captain's Marvel, <laughs> um, other than that there were some, uh, and that I knew of the existence of someone called Ms. Marvel. And my wife is the is the the comic book person, so uh, she, you know, whenever I was like, "Wait, isn't Captain Marvel Shazam?" and then she's like, "No." Not anymore. <laughs> There's a whole story yeah, behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I went into it. Uh, at, you know, at first I was, uh, utterly indifferent 
it was like, okay, here's the next uh, MCU movie. I know we'll see it, but I really don't care one way or the other. And then as the more more trailers came out and it looked better and better, I got more excited. And then as people start people that I trusted started saying this movie's really good, I dared to hope. And <laughs> damn, <laughs> yeah, uh, I it it has it. You know, granted, I've only seen it once, but it it's my favorite MCU movie to date. Wow, I really really enjoyed it which is especially telling because i hate origin stories with a flaming passion because usually they are boring as hell it's a, it's usually the equivalent of watching a pilot uh tv episode where you know they've got all of these bases they've got a tick to tell the the people that they're trying to get money from what the story's about and the story itself ends up being boring as hell i love this movie i love the the pacing of it i loved all the characters the CG was amazing for the most part, um, and you know other other things we'll get into later. But just I enjoyed the ever living hell out of this film. Okay, all right. What about you, John? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I liked it very much. I mean, <laughs> it's a good movie. I, uh, I don't, I don't really rank the Marvel movies anymore. It's like. As far as best and worst, because they're all, for the most part, they're all really good. They're all pretty good. Um, I felt like I I I enjoy. I see. I don't want to say anything negative because I did like it a lot. Um, <clears throat> so keep all of my my critiques couched within that, um, uh, w- within the purview of that. Um. I felt like I can't even say it started a little slow. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just I um I I succumbed to the hype. Um and I was expecting the the best movie ever. Um and, but it, it was a really good movie. But I wouldn't call it the best movie ever. But what about you, Sean? My review is not as glowing as Rick's. Okay, so I really, really like this movie. My wife has given me a stink eye because she loved this movie. I know. I loved the movie too. I love this movie. Okay. I didn't think it was the bad. If, okay. So if, if, if I were to scale all 21 of the films and say that Thor, the dark world is the worst. And, yes. and in my opinion, um, uh, Infinity War is the best. Then I would probably rank Captain Marvel somewhere around six or seven, something like that. Sit over there, turn around. <laughs> but let, let, let me, let me. I want to qualify something just really quickly. I didn't say I thought it was the best. You said, that's yeah, my, it's your it's favorite. favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a I got that. I got that. Okay, that's fair. But it was really good, and I mean, there's a, there's a lot of parts that I really really like, and I mean, there I had problems with with some of it, but I mean, even my favorite one, even Infinity War, I had problems with with parts of it. That's just part of being a podcaster. When you talk about movies a lot, you start paying a lot more attention to movies than you used to, and you start you know things things jump out at you when there's when there's a problem with the with the pacing and things like that. But but um, but it, it was it's a great movie. It's something I highly recommend, and. um now, Captain Marvel, like we said before, there was, there's been several of them. So, 
this Captain Marvel in the comics, she's like the second or the third Captain Marvel. Is that right? She wasn't the first because, and she eventually became Ms. Marvel or Ms. Marvel, right? I thought it was the other way around. I thought Ms. Marvel became Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I know that uh, uh, Rambo, who uh, was her friend in the movie, was the first. Captain Marvel? No, her daughter. No? The little girl grows up to be Captain Marvel. Oh, all right. The first Captain Marvel, I think, was a dude. And then uh that and then I think that the second or the third one was Carol Danvers, if I if 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 I'm remembering right. And I wasn't a a person that read a lot of Marvel comics when I was a kid. I'm, most of this is coming from stuff that I've read since then, you know, um on Wikipedia and things like that, but Okay, one thing I did like was that there was no there was no romance story to this. We didn't ha- we didn't have to worry about uh I don't know, that's just something that kind of bogs down. It's like every superhero story you've got to have a romantic interest and I, I I thought it was very interesting that they not only did they you know because in Wonder Woman they 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 tried to Turn some things around on the on the romantic interest level of the of the story, but in this they just completely left it out, and I didn't even miss it. It was like after the movie, I was like, "Hey, you know what? She didn't hook up with anybody in that movie." <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's one of the things I loved about it. Is yeah. I, you know, I yes, romance is part of life and stuff like that, but uh, you know, like when people try to hook Ray up in Star Wars. Or, uh, um, you know, the whole Barry Gordon and Iris West thing in The Flash. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. Uh, it, it just, I mean, yeah, it, it's part, it's part of life, but sometimes it feels so forced. Um, and I was, it, they're, they're just, it would have made no sense whatsoever for there to be a romantic angle in Captain Marvel. Uh, and I'm so glad they didn't try to shoehorn that in there. Well, it occurred to me during the movie, it did occur to me that, um, you know, what if she and Rambo were more than friends? Yeah, I've heard that. But I've heard, I've heard people say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> uh, meh. No, I mean, I, the, I didn't see any indication of that. Um, aside from, you know, that they love each other, but, yeah, no, it didn't. Uh, yes, I agree. There was there was no romantic lead. The closest to a romantic lead was uh, <laughs> Nick Fury, and he was just he was a sidekick. Yeah, which I thought was great. He he wasn't he was not her equal. He was a side he was a sidekick of the story, which is a role you never see him in. I was kind of expecting uh, when we first get introduced to uh, Carol and to um, Jude Law's character that I can't remember his name now. I was kind of expecting them. To have a, a a romance or something, but it just never happened. And I was like, "Oh, cool, okay." Mindy, what, what, we're kind of talking around you. What do you think about some of this? No, I agree wholeheartedly. It's why like Thor Ragnarok ranks so high for me is because there's absolutely no romance in it whatsoever, and that's as much as I'm a girl. That's how I feel like it should be. <laughs> I'm watching Arrow because I hate the whole fel- felicity thing going on. Like, 
I love that show. I like watching him beat people up, but I can't stand <laughs> the romance. And so to me, this was fantastic. Um, I did question the friendship between her and Maria Rambo, but I was glad that even if there was an illusion of it that some people may have picked up, which I did not, that they didn't do anything with it. These are just two really good friends who happen to live together. Yeah. Yeah, that never never crossed my mind either that they were anything other than than friends. And that's that's one of the great things about this movie is uh they were uh okay, this may I, and tell me if this is if this sounds terrible, but they were unapologetically female friends. There was no qualification, it was just you know, I, I have plenty of friends uh, who are women. God, that sounds awful. Um, but you know, the, the way the way that two women can be friends is how they were on the screen. And you know, uh, women, you know, stereoty- not stereotypically, but it's accepted for women to be much more demonstratively affectionate to each other. Um, and you know, they didn't try to to turn them into guys in female clothes they, they just they portrayed a, a a real relationship between two friends who happen to be girls yeah who happen to be kick-ass women yeah yeah and i don't really get that you know there, there's been a lot of hate towards brie larson even from the moment that she was announced as being captain marvel you know they were saying that she wasn't right for the role or whatever and you know, a lot, a lot of things that I'm seeing says, you know, she had a, uh, a flat performance and, she, and it was one dimensional. Look, I like Brie Larson. I've always liked the low key sarcasm that she brings to everything. She was in the movie Room a few years ago, which of course was not a comedy at all. <laughs> but, uh, she, oh, it was this hilarious comedy called The Room. Not, not The Room. Room. Those are two totally different movies. Uh, but she, uh, she also played the oldest daughter in this, uh, TV show called The United States of Terra that had Tony Collette in it a few years ago. And, uh. Oh. Yeah. I didn't and, realize that was her. Yeah. And she, and she, so she did some comedy in that, you know. So I kind of knew going in that, that we're taking a, um, uh, uh, an actress that's used to doing indie, uh, comedy pieces and stuff like that and putting her in, sci-fi action which she's never done before i think she pulled it off myself i like i said i like that um that low-key sarcasm that she has well if you count if you count scott pilgrim yeah she was in that versus the world she kind of does yeah was there a better actress out there maybe but i think she filled the shoes just fine and i'm looking forward to seeing her uh, when we come back in a couple months to Endgame, I'm looking forward to seeing her kind of interact with some of those other Marvel characters. Which- I liked her performance. I thought that the the uh, like you said, look at lot. You know what what people call flat, I call understated. Um, yeah. I I you know she spent most of the movie trying to figure out who the hell she is, and that does not generally lend itself to a manic performance. Um, you know, she was very in, you know, internally directed because she was trying to figure out why she kept having these memories and who she was and where she came from, et cetera, And who et cetera. she could trust. Yeah. Uh, I thought it suited the character perfectly. Yep. Absolutely. John, Mandy, what, what do you guys think? I have to agree. Like, I loved her performance. She was not somebody I probably would have imagined in the role because I hadn't seen her do anything 
remotely like this before. Honestly, I had only seen her in like one other thing, but I thought she filled those shoes perfectly. Like now that I've seen it, I could not imagine somebody else playing that character because of how well, and I, I'm sorry. I love a smart ass woman who <laughs> yeah. gives just as much as she gets. And so to me, like, I love that character and I thought that the writing for her and the acting were perfect. I thought she was fine. I didn't think that I didn't I wouldn't say her performance was flat. Um I wouldn't say that it um you know blew me away, but like Rick said, I mean that's that's not really what the role required. You know, it it wasn't you know, it, it would have been weird if she was like overly emoting or or I mean, she's a trained soldier. She's been a soldier her whole life. She's not going to, you know, burst into tears. You know, for it's it, no. I, I, I thought her performance was fine. I didn't have a problem with it at all. I will say that, um, like I said earlier, I I didn't know a lot about the character going in. I I didn't read this comic growing up. So when we first see her and she makes a fist and it starts glowing, I said to myself, "Please don't say I'm the Immortal Iron Fist. Please don't say I'm the Immortal Iron Fist." <laughs> I can't take it if you say that. <laughs> well, you know, all this, this talk about people getting upset when she was cast. Well, first of all, name a comic book hero that hasn't had that happen in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, all right, maybe Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark and Chris Evans is, is Captain America. Maybe they didn't get a whole lot of backlash, but just about every major hero. As soon as they announce who's cast, you, oh my god, they'll never be able to do it. Oh, I'm never gonna watch it. it you know what? And I've said this before in many sent, in many instances, but I still stand by it. My generation had to deal with, uh, Michael Keaton cast as Batman. He was good. <laughs> he was, but when it was announced, we were like, are you effing kidding me? Michael, Mr. Mom Keaton is gonna play Batman? <laughs> And he did, a fine, he did a fine job. So, you know, I don't care who they cast in whatever because, you know, as as long as they're – actually, no, there there are – it depends on how it's done. And, you know, so getting upset over who's been cast, um, you know, I'm sure that there were people that were pissed off when Samuel L. Jackson was first cast as Nick Fury. I've loved him as Nick Fury, and I don't know anyone that didn't. Um, or when, um, oh, who's the dude from the Green Mile? I can't remember his name now. Tom Hanks? Uh, which dude was cast as who? Uh, when he was cast as Kingpin. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. No, 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 not, not, no. Oh, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. <clears throat> uh, was, and you know, I know, oh, Kingpin's not black in the comics. Well, who gives a rat's ass? He did a fantastic job. Granted, the movie sucked, but he did a great job. Um, you know, it, it's all a matter of the performance and the direction. Anyone can play anyone if it's done right. So getting all pissed off over who gets cast is just ludicrous, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. The the aspect, okay, so there's a lot of stuff being talked about this movie because it's a... Um, uh, the, it's the first Marvel movie that's uh, led by a, a female hero, which <laughs> I know Scarlett Johansson is like, why didn't they make my movie first? <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I thought that 
all of that played out perfect. They made the fact that she was a female, it was understated in the movie, like it wasn't necessarily, um, that's not necessarily what the movie was about, but they played with it enough to make it more and more noticeable. Kind of like um, the soundtrack, most of the songs were female vocalists. You yeah, know, she, I think she, she wore a heart t-shirt. She wore some other like female led band. The, the, the no doubt during the big fight scene was, that was brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. I like that. Amazing. Like that. Well, she wore a nine inch nails t-shirt for a lot of them. Nine inch nails. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That, I did hear some, some Nirvana and some REM in there at, at some point, but I say 90% of the music in this, uh, were female artists from the nineties. And then, you know, they shot down a lot of toxic masculinity that we deal with in our culture right now. Like that, that air force guy saying, you know why they call it a cockpit. And, um, and they got on the motorcycle that tells her, Oh, come on, just give me a smile. <laughs> yeah. When that, that happened, my, my wife just made this groaning noise. <laughs> uh, I may have made the same noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every because, woman everywhere is just like, Oh, <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I I remember I remember as a kid being being told that myself, you know. So I can imagine grown women that get told that all the time, how condescending that sounds. Is, uh, but I like how they they played around with that, and he, and they even had some that was a little more subtle, like um, Jude Law at the beginning of the movie telling her to keep control of her emotions, you know, like telling a woman yeah, not right. to be emotional, and 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 the the supreme intelligence tells her. That, um, what's given can be taken, indicating that they can turn that chip off in her neck. She'll lose her powers, which we find out later in the movie is not true. Um, hey, hey, are we, are we, oh, we're spoiling. Oh, we're okay. spoiling, man. <laughs> we're talking, that's, yeah, we're spoiling. That's fine. We just need to, I just want to make it clear to the audience because it's been pretty spoiler free review until now. Well, okay. Spoilers start now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, spoilers start in five minutes. Ago. Yeah, they uh, but they're, they're gaslighting her. You know, they 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 yeah. they uh, because if she embraces her emotions, then she's going to become too powerful for them to handle. So they're trying to keep that from happening. You know, and you know the way that they play around with that kind of stuff was was uh, interesting. I liked it. Did anyone else do what both my wife and I did when they were watching the end credits? I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but not 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 terribly much, and go. Annette Benning, that's who that is. Oh no, I, I knew who she was from the beginning. We, my, I found out after you know, we didn't say it because we we try to be quiet and the, well, I try to keep my wife quiet the movie day because <laughs> she's terrible <laughs> about chatting during stuff. Um, but we were both sitting there going, "Who the hell is that? I should know who that is." And uh, and then finally, Annette Benning. Yes and no. Like it took like I knew it was like on the tip of my brain the whole mm-hmm. movie, and I think I finally figured it out. Like. Um, right before Captain Marvel um, broke free. Oh no! I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I recognized her. I, her name popped into my mind. I was like, "Hey, that's Annette Benning. <laughs> I'm better than you guys." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so smart. Okay. Um, I do have to hand it to them on their de aging tech. Because, you know, this de-aging thing that Marvel does, it looked great when we've seen it in short scenes like uh, in Civil War and Ant-Man. But I was kind of worried no, this it time. Didn't. It looked creepy AF. <laughs> no, Well, I'm, in, in, in Civil War, when they showed um, 
de-aged um, Robert Downey Jr., he looked like he had just stepped out of weird science to me. Uh, I thought I was glad when they made it when they 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 showed it was a technology he had because I thought it looked looked like an animated mannequin. Okay. Same with well, Michael Douglas in the Ant Man movies. Well, what'd you think? What'd you think of Samuel Jackson in this movie? This this was great. For ninety nine percent of it was awesome. I was what do do you guys know? Was Jackson on screen or was it like someone the appropriate age and he was just doing motion cap? I presumed that it was him, and they they scientifically like CGI de-aged him. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because I mean, they just did. Because right, for one thing, he okay. They de-aged Nick Fury. They didn't de-age Samuel L. Jackson because Samuel L. Jackson was much thinner in actual 1995 than he was in this movie. Because if you go if you go back and watch uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, he looks a lot like that here in the face and stuff. But they can't they can't go in and like take thirty pounds off of him. So so it looked really? good, but it didn't look exactly like he did in the day. So that's it's telling me that um, that it's got to be the actual Samuel Jackson that they just did some some work on uh, digitally afterwards. Because if not. Then they would have found a person that had the uh, the body style that he had, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, and, uh, and Marvel that doesn't really seem to be their mo anyway. I mean, they didn't just you know they didn't just animate Thanos. They had um, Early. dude actually, yeah, they actually had they had him play him, mm-hmm. and they you know animated around him. So I don't I don't see why they would do that and not do this. Yeah. Yeah. Now I thought that I thought that Clark Gregg didn't look as as good as Samuel Jackson. You know, Clark, Clark Gregg plays uh, Coulson. Coulson. But um Yeah. Yeah, his, there were a couple of scenes where he was just like, "Oh, that one wasn't quite so good." <laughs> yeah. His hair looked weird, you know? Yes, it, his hair looked like he was wearing a rug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like too tall for for uh for his head or something like that, but well, um, he also just looked like he'd had like way too much Botox. Yeah, <laughs> that may have that may have been what they did for him. I don't know. <laughs> um, some of the all right, so there was a there was a lot of comedy in this movie, especially with the scrolls, the the scroll the scroll that Ben uh, Mendelsohn played, and some of his other people that were around him. Like the the one scene, some of the, the comedy, I thought it was funny. But it really stood out. It was like the, the, the one scene where, uh, they first meet up in the, in the cabin. Um, and he says, um, he says to his science officer, you're my science officer. Why didn't you figure that out? Or something like that. And then there was another scene where they were talking about shape shifting and they start asking him all the things he can turn into. Can you turn into a filing cabinet? <laughs> like, why, why, why would I turn into a filing cabinet? I was like, it's kind of, Rick's gonna kick me. Rick would kick me if he were here. It's like this sounds like an episode of The Orville. <laughs> I thought it was great because that's yeah. exactly. Oh, it worked. I mean, I laughed, you but, asked. but yeah. it kind of stood out to me uh, in the middle of this. In the middle of the story, you know what? You know what? I guess I'm going back to my original kind of overall review. The film was great for like the last hour. And before that, it was just it was pretty good. And if so, I could see if, if you if you it had a it had a great finish, 
And if the first hour is, if it's okay, that it's okay, and then it ends up great, then I think your review is great. Um, and if you're like, well, I kind of want it to be great the whole way through, then your review is I really, basically the same review that like Sean and I gave. I really, really liked it, but, but dot, dot, dot. Um, so I, I and I, you know, that's just my, you know. I don't well, know. the, the, the what, okay, the thing that you're didn't not allowed work to give your me. opinion on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that didn't work so for me was the, um, there were, there were pacing problems. The first third of the movie was very confusing for me. If I went back and watched it a second time, it might make a little more sense, but there was a twist later in the movie that I think would have been better to give us some of that closer to the beginning because I went through the first third of the movie wondering, so is she a Cree or is she human or what's, what's going on? What? <laughs> you know, and my wife leaned over to me, my wife leaned over to me and said, so why is this happening? I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, but See, yeah, that didn't bother me at all. I was fine with that because that was a mystery that she was uncovering too. And, and like when, um, when they first get her in the, you know, the brain machine to read her thoughts and <laughs> And they're they're kind of going through the flashbacks, and and dude's like, wait, is, is anyone else confused by this? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, yes, everyone's yeah, confused. yeah. When I, we started seeing all those scenes playing out in their mind and stuff, I was like, wait a minute, what? That, that okay, Annette Benning, and she doesn't know who she is, but it's supposed to be the person that she most respect. That what? <laughs> you know, and uh, I just think that the, the the story was it was an origin story, but in like reverse order, and. uh I know. I, I know. Everybody says we don't want origin stories. I personally would think I would have enjoyed this a little more if it had been just a straight up origin story. They could have done the same, the same exact story, just in a different order, and it would have been fine. And like I said, I still like this movie. I mean, it was a good movie. I just, um, I would have liked it better, just just because I de- I didn't know Sean. anything about the character. What? That thing you just said was completely wrong. I'm going to stand over here next to, next to Rick and Minnie now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you see, th- this is the, the kind the, of origin the... story that I do like. I, you know, it's like what what Tim Burton did with the first Batman movie. He dropped us in the middle of the action and then gave us flashbacks to the origin that everybody knows about Batman, but you know, like not everybody knows about uh, Carol Danvers. So uh, I found the flashbacks very enlightening and useful, even though. She and we were equally as confused about what was going on. I was cool with that because we were going along with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked, it worked in Batman because everybody, like you said, everybody knows that story, but everybody doesn't know this story. So I was fine with it because, like Rick said, I was fine with it because she was figuring it out. She was, everyone was confused. If, if it was a thing where, um, you know, this character had the whole story or the main character had the whole story and it was just, you know, clever camera tricks to F with the audience, then I would have been annoyed. But like she literally she was only getting those flash. That's all she had. That's all the that's all the scrolls had. That's all, you know, except for the, you know, the big villain at the end. She was piecing it together and we got to watch her piece it together. So I was fine with it. Yeah, I'd much rather take that than watch, oh no, Uncle Ben got killed. 
Yay. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Yeah. Nobody knows how Nobody knows how Captain Marvel works. And I like like Rick said, you're you're on that same journey as she is for the story. And so to me, having that sense of amnesia as a viewer helps it make more sense when you're getting those flashes just as she is. Now I know I did spend a lot of the early part of the movie trying to remember who were the good guys and who were the bad guys between this, this the the Kree and the Skrull uh, in previous movies and TV shows. Um, yeah. And I, cause, cause I was, that was the part that confused me. And then once I, you know, especially when we saw that the, the, the Kree were working for Ronan and I was like, wait a minute, how can they be the good guys if they're working for that dude? I'm, I'm, and, and then of course, you know, what a twist. We find out that they weren't the good guys. And, uh, and then it all it all sort of fell into place, um, but and, and I I kind of enjoyed that. One thing I like about the Marvel movies, uh, you know, being a lifelong Star Trek fan and a lifelong Star Wars fan, um, it's rare to see a surprise in any of this stuff. It's one of the reasons I'm loving Discovery so much because they keep you know pulling rabbits out of hats that I didn't see coming. Um, so. I really kind of enjoyed the the relative novelty of not knowing the story before the film unfolded and having to sort of piece it, you know, figure it out as we went along. Uh, and, you know, again, maybe that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I liked the movie. Uh, it, it didn't spoon feed you everything. It, did, it didn't feel like it was like it was insulting my intelligence, which a lot of these movies, and, you know, I've enjoyed most of them. Uh you know, with the exception of you know of, of, of uh, the the two Ant Man movies, which I really didn't care for, but uh, you know, I think I also liked Black Panther for the same reason: is that you know I didn't know the character, I didn't know what was going to happen, and they didn't patronize the audience with the story; they just told the story, and I think that's what I liked most about this one too. Has Lee Pace been playing Ronan from the very beginning? Because yes, yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. And and I know Lee Pace, but of course I can't recognize him in that uh, in that makeup. But yeah. I saw his name Pie pop maker. up. I was, like, I was like, "Hey, I know, yeah, yeah, from uh, uh, Pushing Daisies, yeah." Uh, and he's also in uh, what's that that show about uh, the, programming the, in the cra- what's the, uh, not the uh, Halt and Catch Fire, Halt and Catch Fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. that's it. I feel like you could see him better as Lee Pace this time around because he's not wearing the blood on his face that he put on at the beginning of Guardians. Um, he also, I don't know, I guess it's just time. He looked a little bit different, and I don't I don't necessarily think that was de-aging. I just think, you know, it's been a few years since this, and he's changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is he always holding that hammer? We'll see. Thing. <laughs> he had to, I mean, originally he, the first time we saw, I don't know, no, it wasn't the first time we saw him, but at one point he was using that hammer to hold the Tesseract because regular people couldn't just hold it, but Captain Marvel can, you know, she can just pick it up and put it in the lunchbox. <laughs> Regular people can hold it when it's in the queue. Really? I don't yes. remember. The only people I've ever seen hold it were Captain Marvel and uh, Star Lord. Oh, they, held, they held. They held. They held the stone. Like 
that that wasn't in the like, it wasn't the test rack. It was the stone. Yeah, but right. I mean the the test rack has a stone inside of it. So yeah. Well, yeah, but you can hold it if it's inside something. Yeah, they were they were tossing that thing around all over the place in in uh, um, was it the first Avengers movie? Yeah, that's the first time we saw it. Yeah, yeah, the one where Loki was was took over Hawkeye and, and nobody cared. Well, in Captain America, they had it was inside the cube and they could yeah, that's right. move that's it right. around. Yeah. Okay, so um, the Stan Lee tribute at the beginning of the movie I thought was great. That was yeah. Choked up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. The Stanley cameo later in the movie, I thought was great as well. Was brilliant. Because he he's sitting on the bus reading his mall rat script, uh, <laughs> and practicing his line. Yeah. Yeah, and then they went back and they did some reshoots after he died because uh, they they made uh, Carol stop and kind of smile at him. Which, I mean, you're like, why is she stopping and smiling at this old man right before she beats up this old lady? <laughs> that fight scene, <laughs> that fight scene I thought was awesome. She just smacked the crap out of the old lady and then they, they get into this big, uh, this big fight and the, the old lady's doing like some judo chops at her and <laughs> stuff like that. It was pretty cool. I thought that they were going to, um, play with the I mean obviously they use the shape shifting aspect a lot in the movie but I thought it was going to be more of a kind of conspiracy and and you know that was kind of the red herring of the movie too like they're not really the bad guys but I, I thought it was going to be more of a they've infiltrated the high levels of government and these people that you thought were human I was expecting there to be some big reveal like one of these characters that we've known Throughout the Marvel movies was actually a scroll in disguise, like one, somebody high up, like like oh. that Nick Nick Fury had died and was replaced by a scroll, like like the <laughs> not not a bad like a Martian Manhunter kind of thing. For those of you who don't know it, you can Google it. And I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that the shape shifting was going to have more to do, but we, we didn't really see the shape shifting anymore after the uh, after the alien autopsy scene or whatever. When, once Ben Mendelsohn turned back into a scroll, you know we didn't really see a lot of shape shifting after that. I don't think. Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was used like the exact right amount so that when it does happen one or two more times later, you're like, oh right, I forgot they could do that because otherwise you you just would have been looking for it the whole time. I think that um, I got a little bit of a taste of what it feels like to be somebody that watches a movie that where somebody time travels back to the fifties or the seventies or something like that, because there was a big difference between a movie that was actually made in the nineties and this movie that set in the nineties, because there was a lot of set dressing that just to me looked out of place, you know, um, like when she's talking on the phone and she's got like stickers and posters of every major band that was out at the time is like around her right there. It's like, yeah, there would be posters around her of bands, but they wouldn't necessarily necessarily be those bands, you know. I was fine with that because she was in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I feel whenever a movie or a TV show is set in the 80s. And it's like, dude, everybody wasn't wearing neon. Everybody yeah. wasn't wearing parachute pants. We're, we're Culture Club wasn't playing 24-7. Give it cubes all the time. <laughs> The fact that she landed in a blockbuster video—I mean, I know that was in the trailer, and it was come. We were going to see that and everything, but that was a uh, that was hilarious when she got up and she blasted Arnold's head off. 
in that um that that poster for uh what yeah. it was an Arnold movie. Which movie true was lies. it? True Lies. Yeah, True Lies. Said originally oh. originally it was supposed to be what what I've read is that that was supposed to be a stand up of Jim Carrey dressed up as the mask. And um <laughs> and that she was gonna jump up and she thinks it's a scroll. So she shoots him in the head, and, and they couldn't get the, the licensing to, to use the mask, so they used Arnold instead. I did laugh when she's uh, walking through the video store, and she picks up a copy of the right stuff and looks at the back of it. <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah, fitting. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how she didn't try to blend in. She was just like, you know, where is a, you know, where is a communication station? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this could have easily gone into a fish out of water story, which they've already done with Thor. You know, they didn't really yeah. need to turn that into this. And once they got past uh, the fact that Fury and Coulson didn't believe her, and then they instantly see that she's telling the truth. You know, once they figure out that she's telling the truth, and and they they just do away with that. And I like that. So, um. I also wanted to mention Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought it was kind of out of place for Fury to be fawning over that cat like that. <laughs> I thought Fury's Fury's whole performance here was uh, interesting in that he's not the serious, gruff guy that he is now. He's more of a he's more aloof and happy and and, and all that. He's what I understand is they were trying, they were trying to write it as he was, um, he was kind of at the end of his, uh, at the end of his rope. He didn't want to be, uh, in the, in shield anymore because, uh, he didn't feel like he was, uh, making a difference. And then when Carol falls out of the sky and he realizes that there's more threats to earth than just things that are on earth, then that kind of, uh, invigorates him to uh to keep going and everything so which i don't know that 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 actually played out but (laughs) but yeah um, what did you guys how'd you feel about how he lost his eye i thought it was stupid (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was conversation and that's exactly what the other person said (laughs) (laughs) i was fine with it i didn't have a problem with it i I, mean i like how they kept like giving a head fake here and there. Is your eye right? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> because you, you could say, yes, you know, a, a, he got scratched by a cat and lost his eye. Or you could say it was galloped out by an alien and they were both true. Yeah. I want to take you back to Captain America Civil War <laughs> when Nick Fury is having a conversation with Captain America and he says, Last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And in this movie, he picks up Goose and he says, okay, I'm trusting you not to eat me. I was like, did they have to work the word trust in there just so it would, just so it would play in the way he said in an earlier movie? That's fantastic. That makes me, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That makes me like it 10 times more. Yeah. (laughs) I just watched that like last week. And so to me, it was even funnier because you do, you think it's going to be something big and then you're just like, nice so i <laughs> liked that it was not and i like the fact that he keeps it secret to like make it bigger than it really is but i read an interesting theory that um the whole reason why he chose the eye patch is because in case 
the scrolls ever return to Earth, they wouldn't be able to assume his identity because they can't see what's behind the patch to replicate it. And I was like, all right. I'll, I'll take that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a, I was talking to one of my students or a former student, an, uh, an alum. She came back to visit today and we were talking about this movie and she pointed out something I never would have caught. Uh, you know, when he said, when she, she asks him to tell him, tell her something that only, that's so, so obscure, only Nick Fury would know that. And he said he can't eat toast if it's cut diagonally. And apparently, in whatever Avengers movie where they went to Hawkeye's house, he was eating diagonally cut toast. <laughs> uh, but I did like her response to that. Is uh, okay now, now. It's your turn, and she just fires off a blast and and <laughs> says, "What was that? That was a photon blast. Skull can't do that." <laughs> I love the flurkin. Is it flurkin? Is that what? It yeah, is? yeah, flurkin. Sure. Um, so is that still alive around? I don't in, know. Nick, in Nick Fury's office. <laughs> well, my, my wife explained to me that in the comics, Captain uh, apparently the inside of this cat, which obviously isn't a cat, is like it, it's like a living bag of holding. There's like whole universes inside it, and apparently Captain Marvel, when she wants to get away from it all, takes vacations inside the Flurkin. <laughs> oh wow! I wonder if. Um... If they cast that cat, because it looks like you remember Men in Black, that first cat that had the universe on its yes, Orion, Orion, right? Those two cats look alike, right? I don't remember. I think I think they use that cat because orange tabbies are easier to train than than other <laughs> than other cats. Now, I loved the zero G cat <laughs> thing. Yeah, <laughs> I like the, the uh, rocket takeoff cat. I do know that originally um, in the in the comics, the cat's name is Chewie, and they changed it because at the time it was 2006 when they introduced that character in the comics, and at the time uh, Star Wars was over, you know, and then now Star Wars is back, you know, so they decided that they didn't want to use the name Chewie, so they went with another famous co-pilot and they called him Goose. It's good. It's good that you do research. Yeah, I do. You <laughs> <laughs> bring up the status of our show so much. The mid-credit scene: uh, Steve, Natasha, Brody, and Bruce are all in the lab together, and they've got Fury's pager, but they don't know who is trying to call. And then Carol just shows up and says, "Where's Fury?" Um, it was freaking awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, <laughs> and 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 obviously, okay, so. She doesn't age because she looks the same. It's 20, 24 years later, and she hasn't aged a day. So that's she's. Of course, she's probably been living in space or something. I don't know. Uh, and then we get the post credit I mean, scene. She's, she's she's basically like Thor level at this point, right? She is okay. So the the um, uh, who's the guy that's in charge of all? Is it Kevin Feige that's in charge of all of? Marvel and yeah. yes. the MCU stuff, yeah. He says that uh, Captain Marvel is more powerful than Thanos. I mean, just straight up. That's the reason that Nick Fury called her, which I was like, why didn't you call her <laughs> when they started fighting Thanos to begin with? <laughs> but uh, Well, they didn't. Nick Fury didn't know about Thanos. Well, I guess he, from the... Well, not really. 
He didn't. He didn't know anything about it. He didn't know anything really until people started disappearing. Yeah, because he's really. I mean, he's still on the run. I mean, he's he's in hiding from Hydra. Yeah. Uh, from all the stuff that happened in the Civil War. Um, then we get a post-credit scene where Goose is in Fury's office and he coughs up the Tesseract onto the desk. This scene confused me because we see Fury's office and it's empty. And at first I'm thinking, okay, so that's supposed to be now because he's gone. He, he, he vanished. But then I was thinking, well, Fury wouldn't have an office because he's been on the run for the last four or five years. You know? Yeah. So, if you, if you look at that computer, that is not a, yeah. <laughs> that's not, yeah. not a modern computer. And yeah. his, his nameplate on the on the uh, on the desk is that's that's a vintage thing. Yeah, they yeah. don't make those anymore. Yeah, that, I, I figured that was um that was how they got the Tesseract to start making the weapons for um uh, Winter Soldier. Because you remember, um, oh wait, was it was it Winter Soldier? Or was it the first Avengers movie? It's the first Avengers both. movie. Is yeah, I remember the Tesseract from the first Avengers movie. So yeah. Well, well no, where where Captain America gets pissed because he finds out that Shield is making the same weapons that Hydra was making. That was well. I mean, in 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 the first Captain America movie is the one that Red Skull had the Tesseract. Right, but I'm I'm saying. Shield started my my under my interpretation of that scene was Shield started making those weapons again in modern times after the cat hacked up the Tesseract. I think they, that was yeah, I think that was the first Avengers movie. If I'm remembering right. Yeah, they run together after after a while. <laughs> yeah. So there it's it's all a mishmash in my in my memory. Um, so you guys want to speculate on Endgame, what you think is going to happen next? No. We have no. A, no. <laughs> I, 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 not, not that I don't want to. I really have no idea where this is going, uh, and I like it that way. Yeah, I don't want to speculate. Because if I'm accidentally right, I'll be annoyed. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> There's also, you know, Ant-Man has to be involved, which doesn't throw me off. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I love you. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> Ant Man. Ant Man and the Wasp was driving, a fun movie. My was beyond peeved that Ant Man was not in this movie at all because he's like, how the heck are they supposed to team up in the quantum realm to solve this whole thing? <laughs> so I think his theory for how Avengers was going to end was shot down by Ant Man not being in that movie. Well, the, the 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 trailers for all these Marvel movies tend to tick me off because um, the last time we saw Ant-Man, he was trapped in the quantum realm, and then we see a trailer for Endgame, and he's knocking on the door. Hey, hey, can I come in? I'm Ant-Man, you know? And uh, well, I was like, oh, I so... Mean, I mean, I, I, we all know he's going to get out, but they didn't have to show us in the trailer. You know? It's just, you know like, it's just, like, just like Spider-Man vanished and we get a trailer for his new movie like just but a couple you know, months you, later you know what you just you, like you, you, you want, coming back too <laughs> you want to eat your cake and have it too because when the trailer shows you stuff you get mad but when they trick you you get mad <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they show the hulk running through wakanda instead of you know the hulk buster oh, i didn't I'm get like, mad about that i just pointed it out that's my yeah. job that's my job. I'm a podcaster. 
I'm supposed to pick apart I think stuff. I've, I've, I personally, um, I am a fan of when they lie in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I am all, I'm holding my flag. I am go team misdirection. Because until, until the movie is released, everything is speculation. I don't, I do not consider, I mean, but that's, you know, that probably ties into my whole thing about canon anyway, but I, and until, until, you know, until I premiere my work of art, you peeking through the window doesn't count. You know, me, you hearing a rumor or somebody taking a picture on the cell phone and then they spread it, it doesn't count. Until I tell you that it's out, until the thing is done, it's not done. And if you choose to latch on to a previous incarnation, that's on you. I love it. I Marvel, love it. yeah, Marvel will do that. Because uh, 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 John Anderson that's been on the show before, you know, he does he does a lot of um, background uh, extra roles in some of these movies. And he said that when they filmed Thor Ragnarok, I think they filmed that movie in Australia. They paid the guy that plays, uh, what's the guy's name that plays Yondu in the Guardians movies? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Michael Rooker. Yeah. They paid him, they flew him out to Australia, they put him in the makeup, dressed him up as Yondu, and then just had him walk around set. So that people would take <laughs> pictures, and all that kind of, and it would get released on the internet. Hey, Yondu's in this movie. Yondu wasn't in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they they paid him to come to the set and just walk around and throw people off. Okay, before we move on to other topics, let's take a minute and let you guys hear about some of the other shows we have available on the network. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this program and helping to support the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Be sure to check out all of these other great podcasts that we have to offer. On Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, join Sean, John, Rick, and Virginia as they bring you the latest entertainment news. They've got you covered from Marvel to Star Wars, classic films, TV shows, and everything in between. What is Captain Game Show? It's a light-hearted trivia and wordplay thunderdome. Join John Irons as he plays a game where pop culture knowledge is not enough. You also need to have a black belt in haiku kung fu. For you fans of Star Trek Discovery, we have Discovery After Show. Every week, Sean, Rick, John, and Virginia break down the good and bad of the latest episode of the series. They compare what they're seeing to episodes of the older shows and speculate on things to come. Movie fans will love... Wait, you've never seen... Virginia's taste in film is mostly with the classics and musicals. Her boyfriend Shane loves sci-fi and action. Every week, they watch and review a film that one of them hasn't seen. It might be Die Hard, or it could be Singing in the Rain. But they're both increasing their film knowledge one movie at a time. If you can't get enough geekery, then you'll want to check out World War G. It's a podcast about all things geek. Troy, AJ, and Colton... Sit down and talk about the geeky news of the week. They discuss movies, TV, comic books, video games, and occasionally they have a taste test. It's a fun, entertaining podcast if you're a nerd, geek, weirdo, or anything in between. If you're a TV fan, then you'll want to tune in to Trial by Pilot. No one has time to watch every new television show. That's why Bill, Elizabeth, and Casey give their verdict on all the new shows. They judge an entire season of television based solely on the pilot episode. And we do sports, too. Wrestling counts, right? 
Do you remember the great legends of wrestling from back in the day? Was watching WrestleMania one of the highlights of your childhood? Join Rob and Zach as they watch and review every WrestleMania ever on Review-A-Mania. You can find all of these shows on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Visit our website at CosmicPotato.com to find out more. Remember to like what you want and let others do the same. John, you wanted to talk about uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse now that uh, you, you feel like it's been uh, out long enough to spoil stuff. I, I yeah. Um, this is another one because I should have written it down, but I remember a few of the things I want to say. Um, so, yeah, so there's going to be spoilers. This is like kind of just little Easter eggs, nuggets that um, make me love them. I've seen that movie probably... I think I saw it twice in the theater, maybe three times in the theater, and you know, probably at least four or five times since we since it's been out on on digital. So, um, you know, I've already talked about how wonderful the animation is. Everybody's talked about that. The you know the plot, the way the characters, that's all great. Um, little Easter eggs that I noticed. Um, that make me appreciate it even more when he's going to, and I'm cutting straight to it. I'm not going to give you any context. <laughs> so I assume you guys have seen the movie. And you know what I'm talking about. Um, at the very end, when he's going to shut down the uh, collider and uh, he leaves Peter Parker and spider Gwen, he jumps, he does this whole crazy elaborate thing to get up to the ceiling. And they're like, um, yeah, we taught him that. It's like I didn't teach him that. You definitely didn't teach him that. Upon rewatch, the first Peter Parker taught him that. Because when he's in there, that's the way that the first Spider-Man goes up to the ceiling. He does all the same moves. He grabs onto the thing. He swings up. He does a flip. Like he all the exact same moves. And I was like, I, and I just assumed. Well, nobody taught him that. He's just Spider-Man. He figured it out. Like no, mm-hmm. Peter Parker taught him. That. Peter A. Parker taught him that. And let's see what else. When his hand gets stuck, these are not in order. Again, no context. When his hand gets stuck in uh, Gwen Stacy's hair, and uh, she's telling him to relax. She's not just saying relax. She's she actually knows that he's got spider stuff, and like the way to get his hand loose is to relax, which is what Peter tells him later. Yeah. And after he kills his uncle. And um, Peter goes into the room. Like they all kind of go visit him in his dorm room, and he's like, "Okay, you're not, you're not ready for this. Give me the goober." And uh, Miles says, um, "Kingpin's got to pay. You gotta. You can't take this away from me. I get. I need to make him pay." That is Peter's version of he's got to go catch the guy who killed Uncle Ben. Because he's not focused on justice, he's just focused on revenge, and that's why he can't do it yet. Yeah, they all, I mean, they, they kind of, I can't remember the line, but they kind of insinuate that all the, um, all the spider people have, uh, lost a, lost have, an uncle, have lost an uncle Ben. Yeah, they've all, yeah. they've all got kind of the same story. And that, yeah, and I, and I picked up the, obviously they, they 
the the uncle dying thing, but the the whole the the later part of that story with was it Chill, whatever his name is, name of the guy who I'll be a question on Captain Game show later, but the, the guy who killed uh, Uncle Ben, uh, Joe Chill. No, that's uh, that's you're thinking of Batman. That Joe Chill killed killed the Waynes. Um, the guy that killed uh, Uncle Ben. Well, originally in the comics, it, yeah. Originally in the comics, it's just unnamed gangster. It was just some dude. Yeah, gangster. Now, in, in the in the movies, they kind of retconned that to turn into uh, that it was Sandman. But <laughs> that's what movies do. But yeah, just all these wonderful little touches. You know that the I don't even know that they expect you to notice. But that to me is is what like makes it such an exemplary show. I told you the one that stood out to me was when uh, Aunt May, when uh, uh, Doc Ock is attacking the house, and she says, "Oh, good, it's Liv." You know, earlier in the movie, yeah. she had said, "My friends call me Liv." And I was like, "Oh, they're friends." Okay. <laughs> yeah. And what else? Like initially, he goes to he goes to the uh, the secret headquarters by himself to to get his his homemade spidey suit and the door just opens. And at first I was like, okay, well I, I'm, I guess he's got the spider gene and it recognizes the door and it little, it'll let any spider person in. It's like, no, Aunt May was there. She just opened the door. <laughs> she saw him on the camera. She opened the door. Mindy, have you, have you seen into the spider verse? Not yet. Wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to pay direct attention to what you're saying. <laughs> No, we're waiting for it to come out on TV because I think it's out on Tuesday, so we're excited to get it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's all. I think it, well, no, it's, it's on not, demand. It's, it's on demand now. I know, but yeah. um, yeah, I recommend it. And it won an Oscar. It won an Oscar for best uh, animated film. It won it won Oscar for best animated. But, you know, a while ago we did our list of perfect movies. This this is a perfect movie. I'm, I'm, this is a pretty perfect movie. Yeah. And now, now you see, this is where we're we're on the the flip flop here because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw it, I I enjoyed it, but I wasn't overly thrilled about it. And so, what? No, just, I mean, it's just like no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I kind of feel the same way about uh, Into the Spider Verse as y'all feel about Captain Marvel. I I, yeah. I I didn't. I mean, it was a perfectly serviceable film, and it was it was enjoyable. Um, but if I never see it again, I don't care. Oh, well, I actually, I, I, I want to see Captain Marvel yeah, because the, the thing, like as, as Sean said, I am sure there are lots of little touches. Yeah. Um, that will mean more now that I know the whole story. Yeah, I think if I went back and watched Captain Marvel again, uh, my score would probably go up a full letter <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because now that I know where the pieces are going to fall into place, then I won't go in thinking about that. So, I'll give it another shot. I'll probably wait for it to come out on, on demand because uh, movie theaters are expensive. Um, there's a couple of things that I've watched recently that I wanted to bring up um, here at the towards the end of the show, uh, and these are both Netflix shows, and I've only seen the first episode of each one of them, but they were really good, and I wanted to, to mention them. But the the first one is a show called Russian Doll that um, it's got Natasha Le- yeah. Leon. 
you probably recognize yes. her from uh, Orange is the New Black. She plays a woman that's kind of experiencing a Groundhog Day scenario where she keeps uh, she keeps dying, and when she dies, she comes back to the same moment in time. It's not like she's waking up the, the same morning. She just keeps... Uh, when she dies, she pops back into this, uh, the, the bathroom that she was in in the first scene of the show. And, um, it's really, it's really good. It's kind of like Groundhog Day, but it's a lot darker. And it's funny. And it's only, the episodes are only 30 minutes long and there's only eight of them. So I'm going to binge it this weekend, but it's getting really good reviews. So, uh, the first episode was good. So I recommend that. And, I've seen uh, have, them all. They're great. It's, it's a really oh, good Did you show. watch it? Okay. Yes. Had, it's have fantastic. you watched? Oh, did you watch all of them too? Okay, I got it. I got to watch the rest yeah. of them. <laughs> we binged it in like two. Yeah, because it's like I mean, it's like I said, it's eight episodes and thirty minutes long. So yeah, you could you could probably binge it in the afternoon if you wanted to. But um, have either one any of you guys seen the Umbrella Academy? That was two. Yeah, we saw them. Okay. Well, I saw them. It's also um, good. it's a superhero show. It's kind of like the X Men. But a lot darker. Um, if they took the X Men and they mixed it with Kick Ass, you know, you'd, you'd probably have something kind of yeah. like this. It's got Ellen Page in it. I enjoyed the first episode. It's got great visuals. The violence is something you'd expect from a Netflix superhero show. It's really dark and funny, so I liked it. Also got a got a got a retro vibe. Have you guys been watching anything you wanna you wanna mention? I liked Alita a lot. Alita Battle Battle Angel was. Amazing. Um, I did not expect to like it. Uh, my wife is into anime. I am not in the least. Uh, so she wanted to see it, and I was not averse to seeing it, but I really wasn't. You know, it was one of those films that I, I if I hadn't seen it, I, you know, if if we didn't go, it wouldn't have really bothered me all that much. Uh, and I just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Um, it's it, it's. Uh, 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 an emotional roller coaster. Uh, it's the CG is some of the best I've ever seen. Um, you know, the, the main character, Alita, is so well rendered that I had to keep reminding myself that I was watching a, a, a you know, a, a computer generated image. Um, and even, you know, she has those gigantic anime eyes and they don't, they make, they make it not look creepy. It, it looks perfectly normal on her. Um, this was, um, Robert Rodriguez directed this, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. I, did, I actually didn't know that it was him until I guess maybe a few days ago. So, I mean, I've, I've only heard good things as well. Um, but like Sean says, going to the movies is expensive, but it, it, I was probably going to wait for it, but I might see it in the theater. It's, it's, you know, it would probably work okay on, uh, Oh dear, it's not doing well. I just went to Box Office Mojo. Uh, damn. Well, it's, it's been out a while. Oh well. Oh well. Wait a minute. No, I, I I hate how Box Office Mojo only puts the domestic total at the top of the page. Um, it had a production budget of 170 million worldwide. It's made 384 million. So it's it's. I mean, it's not a runaway, but it's it's doing fine. Um, I really hope there's a sequel because the the way it ends, it it really feels like it's it's you know the first half of, a, of at least a two-parter um 
but I, you know, but, but a satisfying ending. Yes, yeah. It it ends at a place that if there's no sequel, you're not going to be sitting there going, "God damn it, what up?" You know, it it, it 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 just it's it ends at a place where you're like, "But they they okay." <laughs> Kind of <laughs> without without spoiling anything, it's it's it's. That's it's, fine. That's that's good. Yeah. yeah, it it it's yeah it it ends it ends at a at an ending spot, but there's there's certainly room for more. Um, but I just I I fell in love with Alita, uh, you know, and the performance. Everyone gives a great performance. It you know I kind of it's kind of like if you take AI and um. Oh, what did I say it was? Uh, RoboCop two, and kind of mix them <laughs> together, but okay. filter all the, all the sucky parts, and and then make it a much better story. Uh, it, it's just there. It's I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> like there, there's not a lot of RoboCop two, but filter out the sucky parts and <laughs> and make a better story. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just some of the, some of the visuals are are uh, reminiscent of some of the bits in RoboCop two to me. Um, but I re- I really liked it, um, yeah. I thought I now I know John. You and I have very differing views on the Lego Movie Two. Uh, do it. You didn't like it. I I I thought it was bland. I didn't not like it, but it was just like. Whereas in all the Lego movies before, the jokes were subtle. Where it was like, okay, the kids can laugh at what's happening, but the adults are like, oh, that's funny, but you have to kind of think of it. Whereas in this one, they were just like, hey, we're going to tell you straight up that we're making an Adam West joke, okay? And, and I, just, <laughs> I think, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to watch again, but I, I think, I think that they're, yeah, they did a lot of big broad stuff, but I think, um. There was a lot of uh, that same amount of subtle humor of, oh, I get it, because in the real world, this is is still there. In fact, it does, in my opinion, one of the most meta things I've ever seen. So meta, in fact, that I think a lot of reviewers missed it because they actually pulled the audience into the conceit and uh, in my theory. And I don't, I don't know how much you, I mean, we can, we can talk about it off air, but I, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll discuss my theory with you off, off air. Okay. Mindy, did you see Alita, by the way? No, because, um, of school, my movie viewing is pretty limited. Um, so before this, the last movie I saw was that, uh, Mortal Engines movie over Christmas break. Oh, you're one of the five people that saw. It. I was gonna ask, how was it? Because it's, it's it's on demand, and I was considering it. Is it is it worth it? It's okay. Um, like if you know going into it, it's based off a YA book. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's not the best thing I've ever seen. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it was just okay. But no, we've been doing a lot of TV watching lately. So, you know, we've binged, um, we've been binging a lot of shows, but, um, the one we're watching right now is we're preparing for the new Deadwood movie. And so we've been watching that. Uh, Has anyone been watching, uh, American Gods now that it started up again? It just started this past weekend, I think. I haven't watched the, the, the new one yet. 
So yeah, I, I, I will. I will probably watch it this 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 weekend. I'll probably watch it before the new one comes on. I don't know if it's going to be good or not because the, the 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 trailer that I saw didn't impress me, but the but last season really impressed me. So yeah, know. but all of the production staff are different now, which is what worries me. Yeah, yeah, and Gillian Anderson's gone. She doesn't she doesn't want to do it anymore. She's, yeah, she's pretty much quit everything. You know, she quit the X Files and she quit that. She, yeah, she's, she's, I think she's basically. Yeah, she's basically retired from acting. I yeah. think, at least for the time being. Well, she's got that new show that's coming out on Netflix, Sex Education. Oh, is she in that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've been seeing that pop up on my screen when I when I go through Netflix, and I, I just haven't watched it yet. Um, I did see a trailer last night that I wanted to mention. Uh, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I'm all about it. I saw the I saw the title and I was like no uh uh-uh. uh and then I watched the trailer and I was like okay yeah I'll watch that <laughs> well I showed I mean I vaguely, I vaguely remember the comic but the comic was good I showed it to my wife and she was like that's not real that's not real <laughs> it's like yeah it's real well they did a, a comic series a few years ago where they mixed a lot of different properties together they did like a transformers meets the ninja turtles they did like x-files meets the ghostbusters you know all kinds of stuff like that and uh i'm wondering if they're gonna (laughs) if they're gonna make films of all of those but uh but it's got a lot of uh a lot of the original not the original voice actors but like the guy that's that's done batman's voice ever since kevin conroy kind of stopped doing it even though Kevin Conroy comes back from time to time, you know, the guy that's uh, done it otherwise, you know, he's back. And and uh, the Turtles are all voiced by, one of them's a guy from Saturday Night Live, Kyle Mooney, I think is his name. And then there's a, there's a guy uh, that plays one of the sons on Grace and Frankie is doing one of the voices. And, you know, so it's not, I mean, it's not like a cheap production. This is like an actual DC animated film and it's just Batman and the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, the Ninja Turtles like kind of run the gamut too. Some of them are obviously straight for like you know eight year olds, but some of them are like some of the animation is more I'll say adult, but you know geared geared toward geared toward an older audience. Mm-hmm. So depending on which version of the turtles they do, it can work fine. It looks like you said the commercial looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'll watch it. You know what I'm looking forward to, and this may may hurt my credibility a little bit, but I never really cared about that. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters looks like it's going to be amazing. I am so pumped for that too. So you are not alone. <laughs> I have not seen Godzilla. Now I did watch Kong Skull Island, and this is not the one where they're mixing the two of those, right? That's next year. Mm-hmm. No, or the year after. No, that's yeah. next. That's that's that'll be the next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I I do remember watching some um, some Godzilla movies growing up, so I know who some of these monsters are. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see the the updated version of like Rodan and Mothra and, and stuff like that. But uh, I'll watch it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I take or leave it. To take it or leave it, because I'm, you know, I have older brothers, so I grew up watching a lot of the old, old um, '70s Godzilla movies, um, and I'm, I don't know, I could probably name 
the majority of them, but not all of them, like the the particular monsters. And that's never really been my thing. I'm fine with it. Like to me, that's that's like you know Saturday morning movies after the cartoons go off. Like, and I I've never really watched any of the modern versions. I did. I saw the I saw the first the the thing on Netflix has like it's like in three parts. I watched the first two, and it's dry. Oh yeah, I I couldn't get through the first one. It's just so. It's, I mean, it's it's very cerebral for a monster movie. Like you, you would think that there would be more monster. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Godzilla's like a he, he's he's like the catalyst for the action, but he's not the sort. You know, he's it, it's more focused on the people on the ship, and that got boring real fast. And I, and I feel like I mean, you know, there, there's a there's a point of no return with uh, <laughs> with the movies and shows. Like, well, I mean, I'm. I came close to using a coin right there, but like, well, darn, I've watched, uh, <laughs> you know, I've watched, you know, three fourths of these episodes. I guess I'm, I kind of want to know how it ends. Let me just ride it out. So that's, that's where I am with Godzilla. Like I've, I've seen two. I think that, I think there's only going to be three. I've seen two in like the first episode of the third season, but you know, I have no compulsion to go back to it aside from it they were kind of doing something interesting but not necessarily appealing (laughs) (laughs) all right um all right if you guys don't have anything else yeah i think you you named them uh oh what am i it's uh parks and rec finally watch i saw you talking about that on facebook yeah 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 it's if someone is inclined to start watching, um, and you're not like a completist, you can really start at season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, because they they start getting good during season two, and most of season two is pretty good, but they don't they're not really good until season three. And right now I'm, I'm probably six episodes in the season three. And there's parts of it that are still annoying. But <laughs> if you start a season three, you, you don't build up the hate that will keep you from watching more of it. I just, I, you know, this is purely based on the strong recommendations of friends that I, that I stuck with it. And it's, it is worth it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember trying to start watching it back when it first started because I was a big fan of The Office, and uh, I, I watched the first couple episodes. I was like, "This is not very good," and I just, I just never went back to it. But yeah, the first few maybe I will. And here's the thing: it's like it's like there's a don't start with the first few episodes. You can skip season one completely. You can skip, you know. I think I think I I said definitively. Season two, episode eight is when a new person should start watching. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there, it's like, it's really good except for this one or two aspects. And those one or two aspects are really hard to watch. Like they're like straight up abusive to this one character. Like everybody in the show is just horrible to this one character for no reason. And that really turns me off. 
Um, but aside from that, it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, that's pretty much going to do it for this episode. I want to uh, thank everybody for joining us tonight. Mindy, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, do you have a place online where people can find you if they are so inclined? Let's see. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm Yiddy, Y-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook, and people are welcome to add me. And I'm in the Infinite Diversity Facebook group as well. So you can find me there. Okay. All right. And uh, Rick, uh, Infinite Diversity is uh, underway. Yeah, it's a it's a my my new show uh, from the Infinite Diversity podcast, and uh, my first guest on Infinite Diversity is me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean very kindly joined me to interview me so that I could tell you all what it is the show is going to be about. Because just me sitting in front of a microphone, not a whole lot happens. <laughs> so, um, and uh, we've got Open the Iris, which is the Stargate SG-1 show, is underway. And tomorrow night we will be recording the very first episode of Starbase The Next Generation. So tune in for all the exciting fun and hijinks. All right. Awesome. John, Captain Game Show? Yeah, you can hear me on Captain Game Show, a trivia wordplay podcast on the uh, Cosmic Potato Network. And I'm also... Often, but not always, on the uh, Star Trek Discovery After Show on its network as well with with uh, Rick and Sean. Um, if you're looking for me on Twitter or Facebook, do search for Captain Game Show. If you're looking for me on Instagram, um, do not because I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> and as for me, you can find me here. You can find me on Discovery After Show. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, just... Uh, Search for either Cosmic Potato or Discovery After Show. I, I, I'm on both of those. So there you go. So alrighty, that's, that's it. If you want to find out how to get in touch with us, stay tuned and announcer Nate will tell you in just a minute. Programming note, next week will be another bonus episode. It is a recording from a panel that I did at the Sci-Fi Fantasy Festival last summer where we played Um Actually. So be sure to join us for that. And until then, be sure you join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say... Okay, well, I've actually got um, kind of an announcement um, that I came to this decision like the end of last year, uh, but we haven't really been recording Cosmic Potato, so it hasn't really come up. But um, I've, I've, I've decided um, that... Thanos wasn't really Peter Quill's fault. <laughs> I mean, like, even if they had gotten the glove off, yeah, they almost had the glove off. Even if they had gotten the glove off, Mantis says she couldn't hold him much longer anyway. And it took all of them, like, with all their combined strength to get it off him the first time. And he pummeled Thor and he pummeled Hulk. Like, how long, if, even if they had gotten it off, he would have just gotten it back on. Like and plus, obviously, Doctor Strange said there was no scenario. This there was only one way that it was going to go. And I've been kind of mad in my heart at Peter Quill for destroying half the universe. But it, I mean, he was just another cog. So, and and now he's dust. So, like, he I guess he got what he deserved <laughs> in a sense. But it's fine, Star Lord. You're cool with me. 
Just, <laughs> you're still kind of a douche, but not like the apocalypse is your fault level douche. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. It has been too damn long since I've spoken to you. It has been a long time. I'm glad you could join us tonight. Uh, yeah, thanks for having. Didn't, didn't seem right to to talk about Captain Marvel as a sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. You know, I actually had a. Uh, I very rarely get any comments on the on the website, and I'm supposed to get an email when I when I get one, but I just happened to be looking through the all the entries and uh and there was a comment and it was an episode where we talked about captain marvel that it was coming and all this kind of stuff it's a few months back and it said you know if you guys are going to talk about um movies that girls might want to see you might want to have some girls on the show i was like yeah well no girls want to <laughs> no girls want to talk to us <laughs> this is before virginia was 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 regular on the show so I was like, yeah, well, no girls really want to talk to us. So. <laughs> Is everybody ready? Yep. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> John says that as he as he puts his microphone in his pocket. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, I am everything is experimental tonight. So, if it sounds weird, I can make adjustments. Sure. Sounds, actually, you sound great. Sherry wants to know if you need a cup of coffee. Go ahead. Get them all out. It's fine. (laughs) I'm prepared. Totally fair. Totally fine. If you had a spectral uh, person show up on your your show, would they be a poltergeist? (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) I don't even... I mean... Right. <laughs> so um we have a new dog and the dog destroyed my headphones nah. uh so i'm now listening i'm listening through the bluetooth which is fine but i don't know how much charge is on there. oh yeah <laughs> and i'm speaking into a mic that i literally just took out of the box five minutes ago cool it sounds so, fine sounds fine for now yeah, this is the first actual purchase I've made solely for <laughs> for <laughs> podcast purposes. So, like three plus years, it's been a good run. But Mindy, you're you're with professionals tonight. If you <laughs> if you haven't been able to tell, actually, give me like thirty seconds. I'm not trusting my headphones. I'm gonna go get another pair. I'll be right back. Okay. We can hear every step as you run. They're away. forty kilometers away. <laughs> he lives. He's got. He lives in a very large house. This is the podcasting equivalent of John Cleese's uh, Lancelot charging charging the castle in Holy Grail. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs>
I think he's back. Give him a second to hook his mic in. Let me write the time down so I know where to edit. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we listened to you to every step that you took across your house. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good mic. It, yeah. It's, it, it sounded like your house was very, very large. Um, Rick, you, you, you're running your Skype recorder, right? I am. Yes. Okay. Cause I just realized I'm not recording. <laughs> 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 I am now. <laughs> Man. I, pu- I pulled up OBS and I set all my levels and everything, made sure everything was, was bobbing back and forth like it's supposed to be. And then I just looked over and the button says start recording. And if I had started recording, it should say stop recording. So I'm like, oh, huh. I hope Rick is recording. <laughs> yes, all right. Sir. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm sure um, someone has looked this up, and I could probably find the answer if I Googled it. But does anybody know? Does the cat appear in some other Marvel movie? Have we seen him, her, it since? Well, you know, previously slash since. I I don't know. It didn't occur to me to look. Yeah, not my knowledge, but. The hell is that? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Is that? My wife came running over here with her phone and said, "Play this in the mic. Play this in the mic." <laughs> Mindy, a little bit of context for what that was. Uh, totally the other night we were doing the the Discovery <laughs> After Show. And as we're talking, we start hearing this noise, and 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 my thought was. Is somebody snoring? And, and, and Sean thought somebody was dragging a chair. And then finally we realized that John had fallen asleep. <laughs> My wife says it's, it's, it's all in love, John. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> he said, sure. <laughs> all right. I never, I never blame, I never blame Peter Quill because he didn't do anything that, um, Gamora had already, not, totally blamed Peter Quill. I totally not kill, Peter not killed him when she should have. Uh, and and uh, um, Thor, Thor could have killed him and stopped the whole thing but, if he did. But he had to put the had to put the axe in his chest so he well, could watch he, him die. He had he had a god level mega hammer thrown through the full might of the Infinity Glove and embedded in his chest. He reasonably he thought that would kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the reason that he put him in put it in his chest is because he wanted to look him in the eye and say something snarky as he died. And then uh it didn't work. He should have put it in his head and been done with it. Okay. But, but anyway. It's all Thor's <laughs> fault. The fate of the we're, we're all dust right now because of Thor. Well half of us are. Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, Rick, if you'll send me your recording, so I'll have the first ten minutes of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 